Are you tired of food controlling your life? Binge eating, emotional eating, secret eating, or feeling obsessed and even addicted to food? I'm Tasha, peaceful eating and nutrition coach, specializing in binge eating recovery and peaceful weight management. And I am so happy that you found this podcast. It brings me so much joy to warmly welcome you into this safe space where you can expect open conversation about all things recovery and learn practical tools, tips and advice about how to repair your relationship with food, regain trust within yourself and take back the control in your life. One urge at a time. To become a valued member of this community, subscribe to the series now and let's discover the peaceful eater in you. Welcome back to episode two of the Peaceful Eating Podcast. Firstly, thank you so much for rejoining. And also thank you so much for your wonderful messages of support from episode one. Hearing your feedback was so, so wonderful. And it's just so lovely to know that you guys are listening and that you're getting something out of of these episodes. You know, that's the reason I wanted to do this podcast is to reach as many people and to help as many people as I possibly can. So to know that episode one had that effect on so many of you is truly, truly wonderful. So thank you for letting me know that. Don't forget that you can always get in touch with me via email or via DM on Instagram. The details for both of those are in the show notes. So just before we crack on with episode two, I would just like to mention something because this came up in quite a few of your messages following episode one and it was the unexpected guest appearances from the cockerels (laughs) so when I recorded episode one I had recently moved very recently moved uh, into our lovely new house in the countryside and when I sent the recording into my wonderful friend joe from reset rebel productions who does my editing she said tash it's great but you you know that there's cockerels in the background so anyway we might have another little sneaky appearance from them this week if we do i apologize in advance i hope it's not too distracting but at least you can have a little insight into what life in the campo in ibiza is really like (laughs) So let's crack on with episode two. And today we are discussing something which is not spoken about enough. I was not warned about this in my own recovery. And it's the topic of whether or not it's normal to miss binging. So This is something, as I said, that is just not talked about. And so in this episode, we're going to delve right in there. We're going to talk about whether it's normal to miss it, whether you will always miss it, why and how we can possibly miss something that is so damaging, and then how to deal with those feelings until they naturally fade away. 
So if you are listening to this podcast, I know that on some level you've recognized that binging and that your relationship with food is not serving you. It's not feeling good. It's not making you happy. You want change. It's probably causing you, you know, based on my own experience, a hell of a lot of stress and shame and discomfort, mental and physical discomfort. It could well be affecting your jobs, your relationship to yourself and to other people. And obviously not to mention the huge impact that it it does have on our health. So surely it would be so easy to walk away from anything that's causing you this much grief and never look back. But the truth is, is that it's really, really not. It's really not. And this honestly is because whilst binging does cause so many negative effects, it also feels good in the moment. Binging feels good. You know that it's the adrenaline rush, it's the release. It can offer a sense of comfort and kind of numbing out from the world and from difficult emotions. I remember it would be it would be like an escapism after a difficult day. You know, I'd get back home and I'd finally be able to just let it all go, and that was my way. And it feels great in that moment, which is why it has the capacity to become so wildly addictive. So we end up being stuck in this kind of paradoxical limbo where we're we're hating it and we're, we're wanting to do everything to stop it and get rid of it and end those patterns. But on the flip side, we're, we're loving it. And it's something that actually we, we don't really quite want to let it go. And we really have to be at a point where we're ready to. And there is definitely a fear of missing it. So before we go any further, I just want to say it is 100% normal to miss it. And it's actually a very expected and normal part of the process. Now, I also want to let you know that you won't miss it forever. I promise you. I can hand on heart say there is not one fibre of my being that misses it now. But I want you to expect that you might miss it for quite a long time. And that can feel, can feel quite daunting. In fact, it can feel really daunting because missing something is an uncomfortable feeling, right? Especially when you know that there's really nothing you can do about it. You've just got to wait that feeling out. So I want to share with you a few mindset shifts and kind of coping mechanisms that I used to really help me deal with that feeling of missing it. And this is more certain ways of thinking about things and ways of thinking about the the, the scenario that, as I say, really, truly helped me. I've shared them also with my clients and it's really helped them. So I really hope that these help you too. So I liked to think of binging 
and actually all of my disordered eating behaviors, kind of like a destructive or toxic relationship. One of those relationships that entices you in. They're sending you messages, they're giving you flowers, you know, they're promising you that this time it's going to be different and that you're going to feel amazing. But every single time that you go back, they leave you hurt. They leave you empty. They leave you feeling regretful and really with very little self-worth. But maybe you continue to go back to that relationship because you're feeling lonely. Or because you don't quite know what else to do with your time. Maybe whilst you know that it's going to hurt you, you can't quite resist that quick fix of feeling amazing and feeling good, even if it's for that short, tiny window of time. So this is how I used to think of binging. In my head, I would be thinking of all the reasons I wanted to go there and all the ways that it would make me feel good. But I knew deep down that it was only going to hurt me. It was only going to make me feel at absolute rock bottom and feel guilty and ashamed and uncomfortable. So then I want you to think about if you had a friend in this situation. You had a friend who was seeing this guy and he just continued to hurt her, continued to treat her like absolute crap. And she kept going back. How would you advise her? My advice to a friend would probably be, you know, be strong, walk away. You deserve better. This person is never going to make you happy. You know, I would empower them. I would want to build them up and make them realize that they are so much better than that. And they have got that level of strength that it takes to walk away. And one thing that I would tell them, and this is something that I have definitely told friends in this situation and actually told myself in similar situations, is that it's very possible, it's 100% possible to miss someone or something without wanting it back. It is possible to miss binging without wanting it back. These words were so powerful for me in my recovery. And they've been so powerful for me in many different areas of my life as well. So with that, when you've got that in your head that you can miss it, it doesn't mean that you want it back. You can then relax into feeling those feelings, knowing that they're not forever, but trying to get comfy with feeling uncomfy. Get comfortable with the fact that, yeah, I'm going to miss it. There's going to be evenings where I'm lonely or I'm feeling stressed and I haven't got that to turn to. But I'm okay with that. I'm going to wait this feeling out. I'm going to empower myself and be strong in this moment because I know, I know that I deserve better. 
And it's the equivalent of not picking the phone up and not calling that whatever you're going to call him who always hurts you every single time. I also want to add here that the more that you do this, the easier it gets. Because every time you don't give in to that urge, every time you rise above it and you wake up the next day and you feel how good it feels to not have given in, you have a little bit more evidential proof that you can do it. And you have a little bit more evidential proof that the feeling of not doing it is so much better than the feeling of doing it. You will become more empowered. You will prove to yourself that you have the option. And that's huge. At the beginning of this process, it can feel like you really don't have an option. It's like when that urge comes, it moves, everything moves so quickly. And before you know it, it's happened. And it's like, oh, you just don't even believe you have an option in that decision. But you do. And every single time you manage to prove that to yourself, the next time it becomes a little bit easier and a little bit easier and a little bit easier. So if you listened to episode one, you will know that binging is your body's biological response to restriction. That's at the root. That's where it started in the first place. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would say go back and have a listen. It's where we really, really gain an understanding of where this habit started. We also touched on, though, how whilst that is the root, it also then becomes a habit and it becomes a coping mechanism. And this leads us on to what I want to talk about next, which is why do we want to? Why do we want to binge and do something that, as we said, is causing us and our bodies so much harm? So when we binge, there is this like super surge of feel-good chemicals that are released in our brain. It's the same response in our brain as if we take drugs, if we drink alcohol, when we have sex or experience any pleasure. Um, It's also triggered when we go shopping. I definitely feel that one. And this is why all of those things have the potential to become addictive. Those things in their own right are not addictive, but we can become addicted to the feeling that those things cause, if you follow me. Essentially, all those things trigger a response in the brain, a chemical response, which feels amazing. And our brain very quickly learns that that feeling is quite useful when it comes to numbing difficult emotions, such as stress, such as anxiety, such as overwhelm or tiredness, fear, shame, loneliness, regret, all of those feelings that 
we actually just would really rather not feel. Now, if we don't have any other coping mechanisms, then our brain, when exposed to those difficult emotions, will try and protect us. It's like, we don't want to feel this feeling, this feeling is uncomfortable, we haven't got any coping mechanisms to deal with this really truly, so let's find a way of numbing. And this is why we very often turn to those behaviours such as binging, such as gambling or shopping, when we are experiencing those difficult emotions. Then what happens is an association is made. So for instance, let's say that when you put the kids to bed and you've had a stressful day at work, your stress response is to go and get that chocolate, to take it to the sofa, to go into your melty, oozy binge bubble and numb out from all those shitty emails from your boss, from all those times that your kid chatted back that day, and you numb out from all those feelings. Now, do that a few times in a row. Let's say you do that for a few weeks. Your brain will learn the association which means that even on days where the stress isn't there so much, when it gets to that time of day, your brain is going to go, oh, (laughs) this is where we have the chocolate. This is where we binge. And so that's why these urges continue to come up in a pattern where, you know, it's always at the same time of day. It's always when you get back home from work. It's always first thing in the morning. It's always after the kids go to bed because that habit has been created and that association has been made. So then what do we need to do to start to overcome this? So this means that we've got to do two things. We've got to, one, find new coping mechanisms. And two, we've got to allow our brain time to unlearn that habit. Now, the second part, the unlearning the habit, that will just happen over time. As I touched on earlier, the more times that you don't do it, the more normal not doing it is going to feel to your brain. Every time you get through an evening without binging, you are creating new neural pathways in your brain. You're creating new habits. So the part that I really want to focus on then is about finding new coping mechanisms. And I want to just add here that I remember somebody saying to me that I need to find new coping mechanisms and it almost just made me cringe because at that point it was like as if anything is going to replace that (laughs) and it really was so 
impossible to wrap my mind around the fact that anything could replace it. But it does. It did and it does. So the key and the secret to finding your coping mechanism that works for you, because it is going to be so, so different for everyone, is taking the time to ask yourself, what is it that I am seeking from this binge or from this food? Until you have quite a lot of self-awareness, it can be quite hard to tune into that. Um, And a good way to do that is next time you are experiencing an urge, next time you are on the sofa and you are really wanting to eat more, but you know and you can feel that you're actually really not hungry, take time to ask yourself, what is it that I am hoping that this food is going to do for me. And there might be one word that you get or one little phrase that you get. So for me, it was about letting go. It was about unwinding and just releasing. It was about almost kind of rebelling against this this perfectionism that I was trying so hard to put out to the world every single day. I was trying to eat the perfect diet. I was trying to have the perfect home. I was trying to look perfect. I was trying to keep my body in what I deemed to be perfect. My way of doing that was to create this kind of overly ordered way of living, which was completely unsustainable. And so binging for me was about being able to come home and let all that go and just, like, release. (laughs) So then what I had to ask myself is, well, how can I achieve that same feeling? How can I still get that same release without using food? Because food will never ever, ever, ever deal with a difficult emotion. It only numbs it temporarily. And as we know, as I'm sure you will know from the many times that all of us will, will have experienced this, is that after the binge, you only feel worse. That stress is still there. That anxiety comes back very quickly. But then you have the post-binge. One thing to remember is that the only void that food will truly satisfy is actual hunger. And yet we try to fill so many different emotional voids with food. And that's why we continuously feel unsatisfied. Our stomach's getting more and more full. We're getting more and more uncomfortable and yet still feeling unsatisfied. And the reason for that is because the void that we're trying to fill can't be filled with food, which is why it's so important to start looking for the coping mechanisms and the ways in which you can truly 
fill that void and which you can truly use to to soothe yourself through those difficult emotions. For me, and as I say, this is going to be so, so different for everyone. It's about finding what works for you and don't stop until you find what truly does work for you. But for me, one of the things that really, really helped with that kind of that just release, that letting go and that just feeling truly unwinding from the inside out was a bath, (laughs) a bubble bath. It sounds so simple, but that was one of the few things that really did help. It really, really helped. And then following that kind of introspection and realizing that I was needing this, this kind of rebellion that then told me that I actually really needed to look at my, my life in general. And I needed to start working on a few other things like releasing that control, that need for perfectionism. So this opened up a door to a whole new realm of personal growth you know, whether that was allowing myself to go out with a few extra scruffy hair days, taking a few more days off the gym, you know, not hoovering one day and not freaking out about it. So next time that you are facing an urge, next time that you are experiencing a thought about eating more when you're aware that you're full, maybe you're just on the way home and you're really wanting to make a detour, to that shop, to go and buy all those pastries and sit in your car before you get home. Before you give in to the urge, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to ask yourself, what is it that I am needing from this food? Is it comfort? Is it the need to be alone? Is it like me? the need to rebel? Is it that you're needing a sense of soothing, like you're needing this big kind of warm soul hug? And then ask yourself, how can I give myself this thing without using food? And secondly, ask yourself what might be causing this feeling in the first place? I want to add here that If you find the idea of asking these questions anxiety-provoking, which it can be, I want you to remind yourself that by asking these introspective questions, you are not telling yourself flat rule that you can't binge at all. Even if you still binge after asking yourself those questions, or even if you still turn to the food, even if, you know, you run through all these questions in your head, what am I needing? What could have caused this? And then you still go to the chocolate drawer. You are still making progress. And that is so key. You know what the truth is? Is that sometimes we have to repeat a negative behavior many, many, many times before we're ready to let it go. If we're repeating it on this kind of autopilot numb state where we're just going through the motions, 
We are reinforcing that behavior. We're reinforcing that habit. But if you are repeating that behavior with full-bodied consciousness and introspection and curiosity and self-inquiry, you are still making huge progress on releasing that behavior. So that is your homework for this week, is to be ready for when that urge comes and to ask yourself those questions. So let's conclude, guys. Yes, it is normal to miss binging, but it's absolutely possible to miss it or to miss anything or anyone without wanting it back. You're not going to miss it forever, I promise you. But do get comfortable with feeling a little bit uncomfortable whilst you do still miss it. And then, using those questions, start to inquire next time you're having an urge, what is it that I am needing from this food? What is it that I am hoping this food is going to provide me with? And last of all, allow yourself time. Allow your brain time to unlearn that habit and be kind to yourself in the meantime. Okay, guys, we are going to leave it there this week. I would love to just remind you that you can download your free Binge SOS card, which actually will really, really help you with these questions that we've talked about today. So the link for that is in the show notes. Don't forget, you can get in touch anytime via email or via Instagram, which is mind.food.peace. But otherwise, my loves, have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I will see you next week for episode three. Bye for now.